words of affirmation. Oh, sweet. You're going to do great, honey. Love, Ursula. Thanks, there. <laughs> oh, and take out the trash, and I still want a present today. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, she wasn't touching her phone. I made that up. But uh, today we're here talking about the five languages of love. And uh, we've got some great resources for you. And uh, if you go in the back, you're going to find things that are for singles, uh, parents and teens, uh, parent and child, couples date night. Uh, you can go to the five, the number five, not the word five, lovelanguages.com. And when you go in there, you can talk about you know, who you are. Uh, are you doing this for someone else? So if you're doing it for your child, are you married? Are you single? And it will actually give you a, an idea. And you can even print out or email yourself what it says there about uh, what you're doing. Uh, not only that, but we have these available, which is kind of a one per family deal because you can fill out here your family's needs. Now, I guess if you're single, you don't need this because if you can't remember your own, you're all in trouble. But you can be talking about, you know, which family members or if you're thinking about parents or friends or somebody, this is a great resource. So even though you are single, you might be thinking about coworkers or your parents, brothers, sisters. That's great. And there's also uh, this bi or trifold that has all the symbols and talks about these areas of our life and uh, gives you tips. Uh, and also there are tips here. How do you work with that? as you're thinking about the people in your life. And uh, as you can see by the video, uh, today's words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. So as we talk about all these things today, what we want to keep in mind is that we all receive and hopefully give all five. God gives us all five areas of this. Now, last week, Pastor Ted asked the question, how many of you have heard of the five love languages? And we saw hands go up. I won't make you do that again. But if I were to ask you, what are the five love languages? I wonder how many hands would stay up. You might go, okay, I remember. Words of affirmation. <laughs> Woo! When? Uh, quality time. Uh, Physical touch, acts of service, and gifts would be the ones that we want to learn. But, you know, more importantly than that is not just knowing what those are, but if I were to ask you the question for those of you who are parents, do you know your children's love language? Do you know your spouse's love language? Do you know as a child, an adult, or other, your parents or those people around you? And I have a feeling very few of us would be able to put our hand in the air and say, yeah, I know the people in my life and their love languages. So what we want to do, engage in here, is understand how God uses these love languages with us, but also that we really tune in to figuring out what are the love languages of the people in our life. I think of it this way. When you go up to the gas pump at the, uh, at the, you know, the gas station, it's important to know which fuel you need, right? Your car runs on fuel, but if you go and pull up, and I can tell, I know people who've done this, pull out diesel and stick it in a gas engine, whoa, baby, no, mm -mm. ain't going to work very well. In fact, you're going to trash the engine. I think they make them that you're not supposed to be able to do that, but somehow some people have been able to access and do that. Don't tell us if it happened to you. Or if you're moving, let's say that uh, you're getting, uh, not just visiting a place, but you're moving to a country you find that it's very important to know, 
if you're living there, the language. Now, that would be hard for me because languages are not my gift in terms of learning and, and being able to pick up on. It would take a long, long time for me to pick up on another language uh, at all. But I know it's important because my experience has been when I have traveled elsewhere and I've preached and you have a translator, you feel so uncomfortable because you don't know what exactly or how that's being imparted from there. Some of you might remember Ruben Solano when he, they lived here and they went on mission trips with us. Uh, and uh, one time, uh, I think Pastor Rick mentioned this about him. He was translating for Pastor Rick. And Pastor Rick is speaking and, of course, imparting some wonderful spiritual things. And people are laughing during the sermon. And Pastor Rick was not saying anything funny. Not that he can't or wouldn't, but he wasn't at that moment. So I, I'm paraphrasing. And I think he said something to Reuben to the fact of what's going on here. And Reuben pretty much said, well, I've been improving it for you. You know, when you realize someone may be saying something different than what you were trying to say, that is not a good feeling. You want to be able to know and say what you want to say and how you want to say that. And so for us, as we go into this, we want to have and remember that these are the five love languages, love. Now, we love a lot of things, you know. I love steak. I love my mother. Is that the same thing? We use that word and throw it around all the time. I love it when it rains. I love dogs. I won't say that with cats. I love dogs. The word love gets used in so many ways itself, but then how, when we get down to what love is, how do we express love? And so for us, we want to remember what God does with love, and, and we're not going to dig so deep into that. There's so much there. But if we're really thinking about the love of people, whether it's the agapao of, of God to us and the true sacrificial love, or we're thinking of phileo, which is that love of, of brotherly love and those types of things, we want to kind of hang in that direction. But look at what God says to us in Philippians. He says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. And you're saying, well, I don't see the word love there. Well, you don't, but that's where love is focused. Because much of the time when I use the word love is for my self-interest. I love steak. I love dogs. I love walks. I love... It's usually looking for what I want. Now, God says and redirects and says that love is this, is when we're not looking to our own interest, my own uh, what, what fills me, but how do I share love in such a way that it's not out of my own interest? And God also talks to us about this in 1 John 3. It says this is how uh, we know about love in Jesus Christ, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Love is about sacrifice, and it's about not only knowing how we receive love, again, but how do we share that love? How do we translate love? And even though we have and receive and give in all five, it's how important it is to be able to come and, and drill down into those areas that people receive love the best. If I start driving someday a hydrogen car, it has no good to go up to the pump and pour gas into it. And in that case, it won't even work. But even though I can express love in so many ways, what are the true ways or the 
best ways might be the better way to say that. What are the better ways by which we can have someone receive love in its best form for them? Well, I'm not excluding the others. Now, it's interesting. Ursula and I have both taken uh, the love, five love languages uh, there at Doctom, and she did hers and hers, and I don't know if I've just beaten it out of her or if we shouldn't have taken it years ago. I would have guessed that hers would be gifts, and then quality time would probably fall in, in right there. She took hers, and I, I guess because the living with me has been that painful, gifts has fallen to like negative five. Although she would say, you know, I still like to be surprised with gifts. And I was thinking, yeah, if you ever get a gift from me again, it'll be a surprise. That'll, that's how that works. I'm horrible. I'm so sorry that you, and you love me anyway. But, um, but quality time was way up there. For me, quality time was highest, which I can understand because any time with my wife is certainly quality. And so I would look for that. But also with people, I just love that time. Uh, just to hang out, and sometimes you know, it's not even having to spend a lot of time talking. Just being is so good. What surprised me on mine was physical touch had jumped up so high. And the way I often give love is through acts of service, and it actually had fallen. Now, again, there's nothing psychological so deep in the questions and things, but I do think that we shift over time and that there are those things that go on. And so what we want to do here as we're thinking about this is learn about these love languages that we're truly loving others, that we can be able to have in our toolbox the way by which we can let other people know how we receive love, but also how we can love others as well. And so this whole aspect uh, and doing this and learning uh, how to, to give these love languages, to use in this case today, words of affirmation. Now let's start with God because he does share with us words of affirmation. It's great that the Bible is really all of that, is expressing through word, God's love for us. Now through that same word, he gives us a sense of how the other love languages pour through. But God, by his word, tells us how he loves us. And I just really appreciate, not, and you might think, well, we're only going to be in the New Testament with that. Not at all, because what God does is throughout the Bible, and in the Old Testament says this so expressly. And this look at Jeremiah 31.3, where he's speaking to people who were in hurt, in pain, and understanding how the separation of what they've done, what that's done with God. And he says this, that the Lord says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. That God expresses, and I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31.3 is just such a beautiful place to start and, and hear the expression of love, to hear God say to us. Pastor Ted earlier, when he led us through the confession of sin, you know, it would be easy to get hung up in the confession side and forget the absolute beautiful words, your sins are forgiven. And maybe for you many Sundays and many times you say the words of confession, you slide through those and you don't really feel the weight. But when you're feeling the weight of not measuring up, it might be your own expectations, not even God's. When you've been aching your whole life, perhaps in your setting and words are important and you've been waiting for someone to say, I love you, I value you, 
Sometimes we just like to hear from someone that we're glad you're in our family. God reaches out and he says to you, I love you. And so for us to take and hear those words, but also value those the, in the, the lessons that we had today, and it talks about uh, in, the, in the gospel lesson, it's, I know we could get caught up in the whole not judging, but, but, but what it's talking about there is now because of who we are, that we are then a reflection of God, that we are a reflection of his word to us, his love to one another. That what comes to us is that which is an expression. In the Old Testament lesson, we have uh, some women there engaged. If you take the whole book and you think about Ruth, by which the whole book is named, but with, with her, her mother-in-law, and even the sister-in-law who left them, is that they were certainly aliens. They, were, they did not belong. And then as you see that story being opened up, and now Ruth meeting this man named Boaz, and we find Boaz affirming that she is loved of God and loved of him. It's beautiful words by which God even speaks to our hearts and says, if you felt separate, lonely, isolated, you're loved. And so I want to give you four things that I think that God speaks to us and we can also speak to one another as, that well, as well. And first here again in 1 John where it says, no man has seen God any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us that he perfects through his words, he perfects through physical touch, he perfects through quality time, he perfects through acts of service, he, he perfects through gifts, he perfects through these ways, not only into us, but then also through us to others. And so today, as you hear this, think about how you receive from God, but also as you're doing this with others, as you talk about and share what these la this languages of love, how they uh, are particularly seen in certain areas, and if it is words, and even if it isn't, that we could practice these things ourselves. So words of affirmation and learning each other's love languages and thinking about now, what's that look like? So uh, we have in this words of affirmation, these things, words of admiration and gratitude. Admiration and gratitude. Uh, admiration, I think, is, is more of a sense of who the person is. Versus gratitude is what they have done and what we appreciate and what they are doing. I, I, I'm challenged by this because I don't know that I always individually kind of sink in my mind uh, the second one. Now I know people, and there's some of you who are on my staff. I know words of admiration or words of affirmation are important, and I don't. I think I fall flat on my face there all the time because I can just say "Wow," but I don't often give you the "This is why," which would be the gratitude, seeing how that comes together. And I think I do that all the time in my family and elsewhere. Is I'm not specific enough, either about who they are or how they are. How that's poured out to be able to say, hey, I really appreciate how you dealt with this circumstance, how you, uh, you rose to the occasion here. I just say, hey, I'm proud of you. Now, those are good words. Those are good words. But I think that when you receive in terms of, of, of words of affirmation, it's being able to give both the admiration, 
I'm proud of you, but also I'm thankful as I watch and see you do X, Y, Z. As I see you going about life, as you pour yourself into getting a job and you're doing all the things you need to do that, you're learning along the way. It's so, such great character. You know, to see someone at work in life and say, hey, I appreciate you because here at our office, this is what I see happening and how you're affecting other people. It's both admiration and gratitude. And here's what I'm thinking, what might help people, like if you're like me, would be to do a better job of writing those things down when they come to you because they're in my head at one moment and then they're gone later. Has that ever happened to you? Boy, I sure like that, but I don't, I can't pull it back out. I like to say my brain's like a computer, but the disc seems to be like missing all the time. It's kind of like, I know I can, and then later, this is what drives me more crazy. I get to going to sleep and it's like, oh, that's what I wanted to say. Anybody with me? Some of you are going like this. Some of you are going, man, you are just a sad character. But, but you know, in life, those, those words of admiration and gratitude, that we can give those as a gift to those, not just those who receive by words of affirmation, but to think of others as well. Because, again, we all receive all five. But be able to share that. Now, this next set is hard in our world, kind and humble words, kind and humble words. It seems like we err on one side or the other. We either just pour out words of affirmation, which includes admiration and gratitude, or we come across as embittered and caustic and those things. And, you know, I I remember in the book of James where it says, chapter 3, it says, with the same mouth you praise God and you curse mankind. And people would look at us and say, wow, you're just, you're kind of, there you go. You know, you come to church on Sunday, but then you're just out there spewing out venom. People need to hear hard things, but it doesn't mean we need to be venomous in that. How do we express, how does our life, how can we provide both kind and humble words? In the, in the book of Proverbs 15, it says, a soft answer turns away wrath. You know, to be able to have, and soft doesn't mean wishy-washy. Soft means the understanding of that it's not just the content of what we say, it's how we say it. Now, I do struggle sometimes. You've heard me say this with Facebook. And I think my struggle is I don't know how to always answer. Or I, I just don't want to jump in because there's things that are out there that I, for that person, I love them. And they've put something out there where I'm going, I'm holding my head going, oh. And I see people going, hey, way to go. And I'm going, no, don't say that. But I don't want to go on there and say, whoa, stop it. You know, Pastor Ted went on, he got on his soapbox. My soapbox is lost, so I can't get on mine, so I'll just get on his. Um, You know, with parenting nowadays, if we can help parents to be strong and loving, and loving doesn't mean permissive. Love doesn't mean making our our children today emotionally weak and uh, unresponsive and unable to deal with the struggles of the world. And so sometimes what we're seeing, and I know this is a generational thing, always, I'm sure my grandparents just went. But, you know, if I could speak into the the hearts of our parents today to say it's okay to say no. 
And it's okay to have children suffer at times, you know, to be there to encourage, that's our next phrase, but to encourage, but to, to allow them to, re, to grow through things. Now, I can say that because I think generationally that uh, if you take the one above me or even ours, that we, we've often, I heard these words so often, we didn't want our children to go through what we did. And I think we would nod our heads and say, I understand that we're going to make it better for our children, but did we? Did we by taking away the places where you hit the wall but you find God's grace through that? Do we help our children where we remove them from the difficulties versus helping them through the challenges? So on Facebook, I just don't know what to say. Because sometimes, you know, people unwittingly say things and then people unwittingly say things that make it worse and then just like, I don't want to enter there. So what's it mean? Get off Facebook, I know. Pastor, please get off my page. I... But how important are relationships where we build the kind of trust with one another that at least face-to-face we can ask the hard questions and say, can you help me? And I, I'm picking on the younger parents, don't. How about how do we do life? How do we leave a legacy? How do we live our lives such that it, it brings about blessings versus putting out some spewing out there about, you know, how great things are at our age and we've got this all figured out. No, we don't. So relationships are necessary and then also this humbleness is really necessary. I don't, I don't have it together, but I care about how can we dialogue about this? Be kind. And I would suggest to you right now that kind and humble words are words of affirmation because we are giving people the sense that we care about them enough to humbly say the things that need to be said. So we certainly want to have words of admiration, gratitude, but we also want to know that we can say the hard things to each other. And in churches too, you know, it's just so easy. You come in, you go out, you have Bible classes, you, you see each other, but do we build the kind of relationships where people can approach us and that there's an openness as well as that they then can come, uh, we can go to them. Encouraging words. When people, you saw that with the, the, um, the, the little clip earlier is that he's about to go out or she and go out there and play and to, and to receive those words, you can do it to bring encouragement into people's lives. And do we not see that constantly with Jesus who brought encouragement into the lives of people? Now, if you look at it, you might read, I, I love the book of John for this, is just how many places Jesus uses words of encouragement. And you might not think it's always there. Think about the woman who was drug out to him and people had really set her up in a situation where they could call her an adulteress and then stone her. And they were looking for Jesus to step in where either he would say, cast the stone, and people would say, see, he's not an encourager. He's not a one who can affirm people. Or he would step in and say, well, no, you're not going to stone this woman. And so then they could say, well, look, you know, let's stone him because he's a, he's a hypocrite and a, obviously not a good prophet, and so we'll stone him. And then Jesus turns it to this. He says, well, let's do this. You, any of you here who have not sinned, why don't you throw the first rock? Take the first pitch. Take the first toss. And, of course, they couldn't speak back to that, but those aren't the words of encouragement. This woman, can you imagine, slumped on the ground, having been just by the community thrown out there and said, this person has no value. 
This person is worthless in our sight. We thought so little of her, we set her up. And she knows that part of that is she, she gave into that temptation. She fell into that as well. And, and she looks up and Jesus says, do you see anybody around you to throw a rock? And he says, neither do I condemn you. Those are encouraging words to me. Because I've fallen on my face at times and you're looking for just one person in their eyes to look at you and say, I understand you. And to say, no condemnation. Throughout John, you see those words. In John 20, a few weeks ago, and we have Thomas, when, when Jesus is, is uh, speaking in John 15 and says, you are my friends. When he says in John 14, because I live, you shall live also. Uh, Jeremiah 31, you know, the word of God coming again and say, I love you with an everlasting word. Those types of things. But all, what else do we have there besides that? We have uh, words of uh, commitment. Sorry, I jumped ahead. Words of commitment. Those words of commitment is, you know, being committed to what it takes. I mentioned earlier writing things down. Uh, one of the best things I've ever done, and I, <laughs> I wish I could have said there's lots of these, but um, something I enjoyed, and I don't know how it was received, was, was writing notes to, to parents a long time ago. It was a sermon series, and I wrote them a, a, a letter and just said, hey, this is how I value in our life together, and I know it meant so much to them. Now, what I don't know is I wrote the same thing to my children in a letter just a year and a half, two years ago, and said, this is what I think of you and what God thinks of you. All I could say is I wish I would do that more. To be and show words of commitment that we're there with people in the thick and the thin, that we're with folks and we love them and we affirm them by those words of admiration and gratitude for kind and humble words, encouraging words, that we are having words of commitment that show that we're there. Again, what a helpful place if we can write down and be intentional about that, especially if someone receives words of affirmation. So God shares that with us. That's who God is. I've kind of put in pieces throughout the sermon of how he imparts those words to us. I think of these words just to close out today, and that's this, is that when Jesus was beginning his ministry, the Son of God walks into the water, and we have the dove as the Holy Spirit shows in that form, but we have the words of the Father who says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's kind of that twofold peace because it's not just Father giving words of encouragement, words of affirmation, words of gratitude to Jesus, but those, those last couple words, listen to him, that the words of Jesus will empower us, the words of Jesus will encourage us, the words of forgiveness that come from Jesus will, will, it will strengthen us. That the word of Jesus today affirms us again that those words of affirmation have meaning and that God richly pours that out on us as we have uh, communion together next week here that the words of Jesus where he says given and shed for you are there for us words by which God pours himself into us this week as we have words of affirmation if you haven't yet go to five lovelanguages.com 
go to and grab those little sheets. You'll also see they give you helps as you hit print or email it to yourself about what that looks like. But better yet, find these, this piece here that tells you to how to connect people who are in your life. And while, how can we be intentional about all five, but how can we, through the word of God himself, speaking in us, also speak through us words of affirmation? Father in heaven, we give thanks to you because by your word, you speak clearly to us about what you think of us, how you care about us, how you forgive us. We pray today that uh, for those in our world, in our life, the people who are most special, the people closest, that we not only would with them receive those great, great words from you, but understand how to very uh, practically express your love and will through those words to others. For us particularly, we may not live and thrive on words of affirmation, but Lord, all of us need it, but all of us know too the people in our lives who simply need to hear from us. I'm proud of you. I love you. I care about you. Thank you. All the ways by which we can let them know how important we are in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.